Okay, good evening, everyone. This is Sachin here from the Angel Wing LLC. Today is the 26th of uh, February, 2023. Uh, we are continuing our exploration uh, of action. What is meant by action or even what is good action, proper action, perfect action, beneficial action. So many different ways that this could potentially be expressed. Um, so along those lines, this is our second week. I'll just make some introductory comments about this and then we'll, we'll get into our dialogue. Uh, first of all, when we use this word action, uh, in my mind at least, there's three types of action. One is the physical action done by the body. The second is the verbal action, that is the words that are spoken. And then the third is the mental activity that we call mental action. Now, if you were to break down that mental activity a bit further, we can say thoughts are a type of activity. Emotion is also a type of activity. The force of desire and movement of energy within us is a type of activity, a more subtle way of looking at things, perhaps. You know, and as we try to explore the question of action, uh, why is this question even relevant? Uh, well, it's relevant because we are always performing actions of different kinds throughout the whole day. At nighttime, we're also active. Even dreams are a type of activity of the mind. So actions are being performed throughout. That's part of life. Life is action. Um, it's activity. You know, another word would be activity. Activity, action, mental, verbal, uh, and physical are the three types. Uh, then, of course, we know that actions have consequences. Actions have results. We perform an action, there is some result that comes from that. It impacts other people, impacts our life, impacts situations, etc. So in, in Angel Wing, we have been considering, uh, you know, the question about the self, things like awareness, things like, um, or the awareness of the mind, awareness of the me. These are common things that we have already gone into many times before. <coughs> but to kind of approach it, <coughs> approach it in a little different way today. It's the same question, of course, about awareness, but it's just a way of approaching it that is there an action that is a perfect action? So what is perfection in action? Is there even such a thing? So for example, um, in my mind at least, some, here's an example. If I'm talking to a friend, just having a conversation, it's a verbal action. But if I'm talking to that person where there is only love and respect and care and tolerance and affection and, you know, the best of qualities, then that kind of really approaches perfection in, in that action. This is just a thought in my mind. I mean, I, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it seems like it is to me at least. Now, an imperfect action would be an, an action that is filled with conflict, difficulty, arguments, disturbance inside. You know, he says something or the friend says something to me and I get agitated, I'm, I'm upset, I'm flustered, whatever. My activity of emotion, my activity of thought has gotten disturbed. You see, so when we are probing into the question of perfect action, there's really multiple questions in that. One question is what is action by itself? And I kind of talked about it already. You can have your own perspective, verbal, mental, and physical. And then is there such a thing as perfection? Is that perfection? Or maybe if you don't like the word perfection, is it the best possible action? Let's put it that way. That's another way to think about this. And then, and then there's other sub-questions about this, you know, the, the more subtle aspects of the mind. The mental activity is a type of action. It's going on all the time within us. You know, our feelings, our emotions, our desires, our memories, our wants, our likes, our dislikes, all that psychological phenomena is a type of activity. You know, so then last time we were talking about action in terms, in a very different way, a very powerful dialogue with just three people. And we were looking at this pure awareness of activity where there is, where the action that is performed, activity performed is guided by higher intelligence, by higher consciousness by truth, 
by love, by affection. It's hide, it's guided naturally. You know, and so we had gone into that a bit in various ways. And, and I'll look up that quotation again that we had last time. These are some of my introductory comments on this. And I'd love, love to hear from all of you. And let's see if we can start our dialogue. I know Mr. Butt has to go in about a half an hour. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, we'll give him a chance to speak a little earlier, perhaps if he want, wants to. You know, if anybody can begin, please go ahead. We just have a small group here. Debbie, good evening. Nice to see you. <laughs> Uh, nice to see you. You too. <coughs> yeah, yeah. To me, you know, any uh, action that is initiated by the me yes. uh, tend to be, generally tend to be exclusively selfish. Mm -hmm. So that action is the imperfect or not really an action that will benefit. <clears throat> right, right. That's a good way of, of putting it, yeah. It's an imperfect action. Even when it seems like that I am acting only my, for my my benefit. But mm -hmm. that also, sooner <laughs> you realize I shouldn't have done that and all that. So the action that should be, it just like you said just a while ago, that action that is guided by this uh, Yes. Universal intelligence, love, which is love, really, of all the things, love, which has no opposites, unconditional love. Yes, yes, it exactly. Guided by that, and it will be guided when this I is seen to be just a instrument in the hands of instrument in the hands of this higher intelligence, instrument which is body and the mind together, is the instrument. So I, you can use it I as that, but not as real identity that you have. Real identity is not that I. It's instrument. And your mm -hmm. instrument gets always guided when the, when the instrument realizes that I am the instrument, not the master mechanic. Yes, yes. You know, uh, one of the points that has been made, uh, I think we've talked about it before, that action has meaning only in the context of relationship, you know, in relating to others, relating to the environment, et cetera. And without understanding relationship in general, action on any level will potentially just breed more conflict. A lot of conflict comes about when we don't see what is the nature of the relationship because we're always in relationship we're always in some form of relationship with someone some situation some people we're not living in isolation so action has meaning only in the context of being related i, I hope i don't know if that makes any sense or not i mean yeah it does so, um, so Debbie, even, even something like this, if I'm sitting by myself at my home and nobody else is around me for the whole day, I am still related to my past. I'm also in relationship to myself, my past, my memories, my feelings, things that I'm watching on TV or whatever. There's a relationship going on there also. You, you know, as long as we're alive, even if you're sitting like in a jungle, you're related to the jungle. <laughs> Uh, you know, you can't get away. As long as a person is alive, breathing air in this world, there's relationship. Yeah, I guess you're right. Right? So, so the question for contemplation and discovery is action and its relationship and its and its and its function in relationship. And that's the question of conflict, that, that can there be a state of zero conflict when we really see what is the nature of, of, of being related? Please, anyone can jump into this, please. Life is a relationship, right? Exactly. It's, as soon as the body takes the birth, already there is a relationship right there. Mother, father, uncle, aunt, this, that, family and growing up lots of friends. So life is relationship. 
So all our actions re will relate somehow. Relate, yes. Include us, us, yeah, also. So there is no such thing as an action in isolation. Yes, yes, very good, yes. There is no such thing as action in isolation. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and this, is, this is true in every dimension of life. I think if we go carefully into this examination, we will find that, that we, are, we are in every, every, every part of life is filled with action and there's relationship. Even if you want to cheat, you need people. <laughs> yes, yes, anything, yes, exactly. Right. Very true. Yes. Now, did you say no action in isolation? No, 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 no. E e even if there's isolation, you still are are going to be interacting in some, even with yourself, with your environment, eating food. I mean, whatever it is, it, 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 as long as there's life, there's being alive. There's going to be activity, even if there, even if there is a life of solitude. Some people live a life of great extreme solitude. Or they deliberately go off into solitude. If you remember uh, Henry David Thoreau, for example, you know I don't know if you are familiar with him, but he, uh -huh. uh, you know, he was an American transcendentalist who went for uh -huh. two years, I think, somewhere in New England or somewhere, and he built a log cabin, took some books with him, and he just wanted to be in nature, cut off from society, and he wrote Walden and Walden Two, you know, the two very nice but tremendous books. But he deliberately put himself in there to contemplate. What is silence and nature and action and all these things that we're talking about? <coughs> Individuals have deliberately taken themselves out of the flow of society to reflect upon the human condition. Mm -hmm. That's a deliberate kind of isolation or deliberate kind of um, uh, a seclusion. I don't. I wouldn't say isolation, but like deliberate seclusion. So, so Henry David Thoreau. You can look him up, and there's a lot of information mm -hmm. about him. You may have heard of him, very famous American transcendentalist. Amazing oh. stuff, you know, he's a, a great writer. So that's, an, a, but there's activity going on nonetheless. Okay, so when you started to talk about this, what I thought about was relating it back to the other thing that we were talking about in our other sessions, when we were talking about consciousness, you know, awareness, and then the mind and the body. So I'm thinking in terms of like only other than consciousness is it can have action. So I don't know if that's true. I know you're talking about the consciousness kind of guiding us mm -hmm. in, in thoughts and stuff. But I'm thinking if we're going to have a, a relationship or whatever, it's going to be the mind uh, and the body. Yes, no, maybe so. So, so again, if you go a little bit slowly here, because we have plenty of time. I know that Pratap has to leave at 7.30. When we use this word consciousness, <clears throat> now, I think if you, I'll just take two minutes of your time to just present some different ideas on this. One way that this word is used is referred to purely in terms of neurology and brain science. Okay. That the brain is generating consciousness. The brain is the hardware, it's the chemicals, neurotransmitters, and it is, it is basically emitting consciousness as an emergent phenomenon. This is one use of this word in hard sciences. Another, another use, we'll get to Teresa's uses in just a second here, the way you use it, Teresa. Second use is the psychological use, psychological consciousness. <clears throat> our sense of identity, personality, our emotions, feelings, our subjective sense of, of the me that we talk about. That's the more psychological use of the word consciousness. And there's a third way that consciousness is used. That is used in traditions like Vedanta, that is used in traditions uh, that, that are more mystical traditions of the world uh, in every religion that use consciousness as the life force, as the divinity, as, as God, or as that pure awareness. Something that is beyond the flux of the mind and the body. The mind-body complex is existing, something that is transcendent to it. You can think of it, that, that is consciousness. That's another way that this word is used. So Teresa, when you are talking about consciousness, can you elaborate a bit further as we're contemplating together yeah, well, on how you're using this word? Well, I think, you know, in the third 
the third example that you gave. And I wasn't sure I used the word consciousness, but I think we talked about an, an awareness. Yes. More than consciousness. Okay. Yes. So, so that we were using, you know, the awareness is something, you know, like when we were talking about what are we, we're not our mind, we're not our body, yeah. you know, yeah. that there's this awareness. <laughs> Another, I, I, go, go ahead, go ahead, Pratap, yeah. please go ahead. Just yeah. another uh, point that I want to make is that all our experience, the real experience of ever-present is awareness. And the awareness itself is experiencing, but we take ourselves, mind, as that I am it. Mind is never experiencing. All right. I, you, you get this? Mind is not experiencing. Mind is describing the okay. experience <laughs> that is happening hmm. by adding okay. something from the memory, mm -hmm. which is like if I say I see a tree, then it adds a tree as an object and it adds I, Pratap, which is really object, but it is adding it as a subject, which mm -hmm. is for now it's all right in the practical way. But so the, in the meantime, the see, seeing, seeing, is ever present. Even when I'm expressing through the thought that I see a tree, that's what I say, right? Mm -hmm. I see a tree is not really experience. It's a description of the experience that the mind has chosen uh, to identify uh, the awareness in the, mm -hmm. uh, as a prata, sense of thought, sense of me by mm -hmm. identifying. Uh, with the mind, like a tree was also in the mind, and this object is also in the mind. Awareness knows everything. So then mind and the body are experienced. Mm -hmm. They are not experiencers. They are usurping the experiencer, which is ever-present consciousness, the awareness, never absent, and always effortless, meaning it doesn't need the eye to see something or to feel something. So that is very, very important understanding that the mind body are experienced and the mind has the capacity to only express because it's only from the memory that it will say, I see a tree, right? So that's the only experiencer is awareness. And it's so powerful that it is always present effortlessly and you cannot see our understand or know awareness by objectifying like an object say i know awareness it, it's not like that awareness knows even when the people who realize that they are truly aware they will always understand that when i say i am awareness or i am brahman mm -hmm. right that, that means it's the Brahman or awareness is speaking through the mind as an instrument to communicate. Mm -hmm. But it's never the I, meaning that Pratap is a Brahman. So that would mean uh, in what we're talking about, I'm thinking then awareness in itself is an action. So then... Awareness triggers the action by the mind. Triggers the action. So you don't think mind that... and body only can act. So if you're triggering, aren't you taking an action? Unless you know awareness as your true nature, that's a very important requirement. Okay. If we don't know that I am awareness, then I will only act selfishly for myself, right? Right. Does it make sense? Yeah, but if if we if we accept the fact that we have awareness, okay, that we or that we are awareness, let's put it that way, um, exactly. then we can say that if our awareness is, listen to me, our awareness. I okay, if this is hard to do, <laughs> uh, you know, awareness then triggering our mind. And, uh, you know, with thoughts or whatever, that would still be, I'm just trying to figure out if it's just the physical part that can take action. 
And it's not, I mean, I know we talk mental, but I'm talking physical, like my mind, my, my, you know, seeing, doing, blah, blah, blah. I want to know if it's more than that. So, so uh, I'll give you a very simple, simple example, right? Very, very simple example, nothing complicated. One, to perhaps <laughs> to, to elucidate this thing. Let's say Sachin is going for a walk in a beautiful garden, in a garden. And if, and he comes across a fantastic rose, blossom groves, you know, beautiful, absolutely. And the weather is nice outside and it's a very sunny day and it's very mild and, you know, and there's many roses like that. When I come upon that, when I see it, when I see that, there is this immediate experience of beauty. Ah, oh, so fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. So that experience of beauty, it's not the experience of beauty, it is the reflection of beauty. Okay. Meaning what? The beauty is not in the rose. The beauty is the rose and the beauty is you. You are that beauty. But through the mind, through the body, it is, it is the, the, that object outside is coming through the senses. And, and we are in, in the very, when I first see it, when there's the first perception, there's just the awareness. There's no me that is watching it. Beautiful. But, but Beautiful. about just just a moment afterwards, the mind kicks in. It says, oh, how beautiful. It, it brings in the word beauty and it basically brings it within the me, the framework of the me, that I find this beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is how the, what the mind does. It continuously does this. You see? Now, uh, does that make any sense? I mean, does that analogy, <laughs> Debbie and Teresa? Uh, All right, okay. Now, now, let's go a little bit further in the same inquiry. Sachin is saying, if a Sachin describes to Teresa, Teresa, you know, I went to the gardens and wow, I saw, I had such a wonderful walk and beautiful roses were there. Okay. But where, but Teresa says, where is beauty? Is the beauty in the rose? Is the beauty in the mind, in the senses? Where is the beauty? So the object outside is simply a reminder of who you are. That is the beauty. You are that beauty. Not simply you are experiencing what is beautiful. That is just a me, me uh, uh, psychological me statement. That has a purpose also for communication, et cetera. That has I mean, a purpose. It, that is not to be discarded. But I think if we get stuck with that statement and completely identify with that sense of the me, we lose sight of the original beauty. You see, it's, 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 it's like that in every aspect. See, this is where action comes in. The action of beauty, not the mind, I trying to, trying to take action to experience the beautiful. These hmm. are two very different, very different. Sachin right. says, I'm with, you know, uh, 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 Teresa tells, us, uh, tells Sachin, Sachin, you go to this particular park and garden and there's fantastic powers, but flowers there and beautiful. So Sachin is thinking, yes, and I want to experience that beauty. Okay, that is a secondary thing and I'm trying to experience beauty. But Teresa says, Tap into your beauty, recognize your beauty, be aware of the beauty, and go to the go to the garden just to experience and express the beauty that you are. It's very different. It's a world of difference between the two. Very, very well said. The first thing is always that you become aware only, and then the mind steps in. Unless you become aware, it's it's unmanifest for you, that object. object. Object manifests only when it comes in awareness. So that's the very important thing that Sachin said. And uh, the action, if the action, physical action is needed by the body, then it will do it. But sometimes the action, you don't need it. Like he said that you just enjoy this beauty. You know, another example is this. Let's say you have I two. I will take off now and then I will listen on the way through the. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for joining. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for. Bye. <laughs> I'll give you, give you another, another interesting example. Very simple. You have, let's say, a couple that is dating, right? Young couple, 20, 25 years old, they're, they're dating. 
young man, young woman. And the young man says, you know, that dress looks so beautiful on you. You see? Look at that statement. That dress is so beautiful. Or, or you know, or, or your uh, gown is very beautiful. Or your, I don't know, whatever. Your, your, uh, your clothing is very beautiful. Right? Whatever. Or the necklace is very beautiful. The necklace, it, it looks very beautiful on you. It's a common statement we make. Now, compare this statement to a, to a different way of putting this. That because of you, this is beautiful. Because of your existence, because of who you are, because of your existence, because you are beautiful, the necklace is just in is only an add-on to your beauty. Now, which statement is better? Which statement, which statement, do you see the world of difference between the two? In the first statement, the emphasis is on the dress, on the on the necklace, or whatever, you know the scarf or whatever the person is wearing. The necklace is so right. beautiful. We say the necklace is so beautiful. And so we are saying that basically we're saying your beauty is due to the necklace. Now, we right. won't say that. We won't say that verbally. But in the sentence that is implied, you know, that is, that is enhancing your beauty. But change it around and say, your beauty is unmatched. The necklaces and the gowns and the dresses you're wearing are only just embellishing your original beauty. Now, which, which statement is filled with love? Actually, both maybe, but the second one is, is adoring the existence of the person irrespective of the adornments. Quite tricky, quite tricky. <laughs> Well, you know, there is such a romance with the second. Uh... Actually, if you use the second statement with your beloved, whoever you're in love with, they are, you will see that, the, that their response is going to be something totally unexpected. They, they would not have expected to hear such a statement. And, you're, and, and what they're going to tell you, their connection with you is going to come from a dimension not based on the garments and the necklaces and the, and the earrings and hairstyles and other things like that. It's not, the conversation will not be on that. It will be on the beauty itself. So if you're paying somebody, somebody a compliment, that's not the best compliment you could give them, you know, upon the first example. But, and usually we, we have not even thought in that way. You know, we, have, we don't even think of, I mean, for example, if, if a person gives another person a, just a necklace, like an anniversary necklace or a ring or something like that, you know. And, and, and then they say, oh, how beautiful is the, is the emphasis is on the object, the necklace, the ring, and how much it costs, and you shouldn't have spent this much money. And of course, the feeling is, oh, you're doing so much for me, and this and that, you, why did you spend so much money? Or, or you know, oh, that's part of it. But the emphasis is on the object. And then, and then connecting the person's significance through the object. I think that ties in with when we were talking about the, you know, is there a perfect action? Yes, so yes. We're moving more in that direction. Yes. When we're recognizing that the beauty is really the person, not the adornments. And and, and now if you take it even That's one a, step, yes. Yes. A, a yes. more perfect thought, a more perfect action then. Yes, it is, it is an action coming out of, out of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, and that is, that is a whole different dimension completely. Well, that's, you know, what you said earlier, and I think you've said before, you know, the action should have love and respect and utmost care and yield perfection. Yes, yes, very much so. So those qualities are already there. Yes. It would it would be a different world if we did that. It would be a different world just in the family itself. The heaven it, is in the home, actually. Uh -huh. And I, even if one person begins to resonate with this and starts to interact with others in this way, it is the most <clears throat> extraordinary environment. Because the ego and its divisive activity of, of likes and dislikes and all that, it, it is not present in that. 
you know, then it doesn't matter what the person is wearing or not wearing, or if they're wearing a necklace or what gift you, it is, you're emphasizing their existence as beautiful, as opposed to some object that is trying to enhance their beauty. And, and Teresa, you're absolutely right that, and thank you for sharing that, that is, you could say that is perfect action. That action is perfect in the sense that it is in alignment with truth, in alignment with existence, with consciousness, with bliss, with, with, with respect, with, 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 uh, with pure love. You know, because when we feel, when there's the feeling of real love, real genuine love, there's no ego in that. There's no, okay, now I'll give you another third example. I love you. Very common, right? Any, most people say this, and there's so many different ways. I love you. Okay. But see, there's the I and the you. And the other person also says, I love you. So you, now you have two eyes trying to grab love. Trying to, it's like a tug of war. <laughs> change the language. You can change the language. And I, I you know, when I was actually- The whole thing of, no, I love you more. Yeah, I love you Talk more. Talk about ego, right? Yeah, exactly. When yeah. I was when I was actually doing couples therapy many years back, you know, it's, I don't do it anymore. But when I was doing a lot of the counseling and psychotherapy work and all that, I would ask the couple to sit in front of each other, face each other, and get rid of this language. I love you. Completely remove that and change it to the following sentence, and that is, there is only love within which we both exist in the center. We exist in the center of love, not I and you. And when they hear that, when they heard that, almost everyone, and then I kind of did some exercises with them, but when you change the language, the whole perception changes. Because love isn't something that the ego, the me is trying to grab, that you have to do, you know, follow all these 10 things, the expectations, then I love you. And if you don't meet all those expectations, I don't love you that much. See, the I and the you, the I and the you are constantly present in all this. And when that, when we, when we are able to transcend that, not, not in terms of like a like an ego-driven activity, when, when the transcendence occurs by resonating with pure love, love is just universal, it's just there. And we say we exist within love. Then where is the where is the issue of me and you? Then something very different happens. And Teresa, that's where the action itself is very different. The action is filled with love and respect and affection. All the good qualities, tolerance, doing things for others. In fact, the relationship gets enhanced very quickly when we get rid of the I and the you. When we don't even use that language that there is only love and let it express. For example, if you if you give your your beloved, your lover, your your I don't know, your spouse or whatever, you give some, let's say chocolates or a gift. Again, you know, you can write out a new card and, and you can change the language. You know, that you are appreciating and acknowledging their existence in your life. And there's a lot of Poems are written this way. Lots of cards are written this way. And, and then there is just love. That It's not that you're connected in love, that you are within love. It is a, it is, it is a, an existence within love, not being connected by love. It's very different. These two are very different. If you say that I'm connected, there's still a separation. There's the me and the you, and then there's a connection. That's at the mental level. But there's a level beyond that. That there is love within which we are, we are existing within love, not simply connected in love. It's a very different matter. For example, if you have a bowl of fish, they're in, inside the bowl of water. They are all existing within the same water. They are not simply connected by water. They are connected by water, no doubt. But their existence is within water. And they come out of the water, they, they die. 
So existence is within which we all exist. Everybody exists, you know, within the one existence only. Now, if we just recognize that love is the binding force of all existence, that love is that existence, then where is the issue of, of having any issue with anybody, conflict with anyone? You have a tremendously broad vision. Not, not just a broad vision, a vision that, that is filled with activity that is the right activity all the time. The fish in the bowl example. You have, let's say, a massive fish tank. The fish know how much distance to keep from each other. They don't crash into each other. They might mate with each other. They might do whatever they do, but they do everything in one, one, one realm of water. This is just a, maybe a crude example. Similarly, there is only love and nothing opposite of love. And only within that love, we all exist. And you can start with your intimate partner. You can start with your children. You can start, start with grandchildren. Whoever it is, bring them into that and see what happens. So when, when an individual looks at another person, it is not the I that I'm looking at that person. It is that existence of that love that is looking, like the beauty example with the flower. Same, same phenomena, same thing. It's not that the rose is beautiful. There is already beauty that is simply recognized and reflected through the senses, through the object, due to the object. The object becomes a means for beauty to express itself. If you go, for example, to the Grand Canyon or to Niagara Falls, or you go to a beautiful, like this, the Smoky Mountains, they have the Klingman's Dome. You climb up there and you can see massive, this phenomenal view is there. And when you reach that, it's like, wow, there's just, you know, it is so tremendous, right? But that, that is only there because you are there. You are there to observe that. That vastness is inside of you. If you are not there, that's not there also. So you're saying we observe the beauty. That's what it comes down to. Recognize, we recognize the beauty outside due to the due to the fact that we are that beauty. How can you recognize a rose is beautiful unless that beauty is already inside of you? How is it possible? We can only recognize something on the outside or express whatever we're feeling on the inside because of whatever is on the outside because it's already on the inside. For example, if somebody makes an angry face towards us, you know, that reflects inside the mind and then, and then the anger inside of us expresses. But if we don't have anger, if we have gone beyond anger, even if somebody makes an angry face, a nasty comment or whatever, there is blessing, there is steadiness. There isn't the expression of that same emotion outside. Mm -hmm. So what is outside is reflecting what is inside. True. I think I've heard you say that before. So it's kind of coming around to me. It, it, it's a matter of realization, right? So, so in our day-to-day -day interaction, all the actions we perform, it, it is awareness of what is, of the, of the responses from within that are coming due to the outside experience. And then, and then to be aware of those responses and then to, to, to separate out the ego-driven experiences versus pure awareness. That separation we can do through the intellect, through our mind, through our, through our dialogue. That's why we do the dialogue. And that's why we do all other religious or spiritual or meditative exercises for that separation. I mean, it's, it's actually not anything really complicated. It's very, it's very much in front of us. It's right in front of us all the time. It's right with us all the time. Huh. So, so now another way to put this is that such an activity is naturally non-binding. Not artificially created to reach a state of non-binding. No, it is a natural non-binding activity. 
for example, if I see, if we see the beautiful rose, yes, the mind registers it, records it, but the beauty is, is recorded. I mean, sorry, sorry, the beauty is just expressed. And then after that, there is not the binding to that rose that I have to have to see that rose. I own, you know, again, the I and the me doesn't get involved. It cherishes and blossoms in the beauty because you blossom from within and you go to the next action. Even though there's a memory of the rose, that's okay. That's fine. You It's there. You express it. Talk about it. You may even think, say, I want to experience that again. It's not a big deal. But, but, the, but the reality of beauty is not dependent on just that rose, on just that experience. Beauty is where you are. You are that beauty. You're sitting in a car and then now listening to a beautiful, listening to a piece of music and you're in ecstasy because of that. How fantastic. It's possible because there is resonance with beauty. But now you might always, the question will come, how do we reach that stage? You know, how does that happen? It's, it's, it's by recognizing your natural state of openness, of clarity, of harmony. You can, we get glimpses of that and just recognize it and allow that to remain. What, what, what our ego does, is it closes it up. Our ego closes that up. Okay, so I'm going to go with this thought now. So we're talking about, you know, the beauty being in us or being you know, our part of our awareness. Yes. Um, what about the thing like beauty is in the eye of the beholder? Okay. Oh, we're all one. Yes. And yet, and it's all love. Yes. And yet I might see something different than you do. Yes. See, okay. Seeing things differently is natural. That's part of diversity. Okay. Beauty is in the eye. Beauty is not in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is through the eye of the beholder. Okay. That's the difference. You see, when we say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then that is the eye, meaning the E-Y-E eye, and then also the eye, the, the first person eye. The eye like this, and I don't like this, and that is that eye. The eye works both ways. But beauty is through the eye of the beholder. Then there's that. Then that is then that that beauty is only one. That beauty is not not a, a dependent phenomena. For example, Sachin sees a ninety-year-old person. Sachin sees a, a, a five-year-old baby. Sachin sees a a a forty-year-old uh, lady or a twenty-five-year-old uh, uh, young man. All these differences are there. If I say, oh, this person is beautiful, this person is, I don't like this person, I like this person, this is beautiful, this is ugly, this is this, this is that. That is, that is, that is beauty, quote beauty, I would put that in quote, is in the I, E-Y-E of the beholder, yes, because it's coming from the me, likes and dislikes. But when there is the natural love bubbling from within, that, that is present for all. That, then, that, then beauty is through the eye of the beholder. And then would it be everything would trigger that or certain things trigger that for me? It's, it's not a trigger. It, it, it's, it's not, it is the existence. It is, it is an existence that by through which external experience just allows that to express itself. For example, in your, in your home, there's electricity flowing through all the electrical outlets, right? It's already there. It's not, you don't have to bring, create new electricity. It's already there. It's just a matter of plugging in so that you can express it through the light bulb or through the fan or through this or through that, mm -hmm. right? So electricity is already coming into, in, into, the, into the plug outlet. Similarly, that the beauty is already there. It's not something new that's going to come from somewhere else, but it is expressed in the context of experience. Experiences are there. So many, you have a child that, that's born in the family, we have a birthday party and all that. You know, we have a, you have an anniversary. We have all of these, these these phenomena in the normal human frame, all we need to do is to express, uh, allow beauty to express itself and, and keep the, the ego only within a relatively functional, useful realm and not bring it inside this. I'm thinking of that song when they say like, everything is beautiful in its own way. Um, so that the, uh, what I'm thinking now is that if I'm looking for a truth, is that everything is beautiful 
my mind might focus on something, but everything is. Even if I don't think it's beautiful, it really is. So uh, a religious way to put this, the yeah. five omni qualities of God, right? Omniscience, omnipresent. Uh, you know, the, the, there's five omni qualities. So omnipresence, from a religious point of view, those who are devoted to God, the, the direct way to bring this into existence, into our experience, is to really believe through faith that God exists everywhere. That is the omnipresence of God. This is a religious, in every religious tradition, this point is, is there. And, and when a devotee, when a, when a person who is devoted to God, a devout individual, you know, they start their devotion in a church or in a synagogue or wherever they started, but wherever they, they started with books and whatnot and, and preachers and teachers. But eventually a point comes where that evolution occurs where everything, where God is omnipresent. And, 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 and in that state, then, then that, is, that is a dimension of love. That is love expressing, expressing beyond the flux of the change of this world. The world has its own fluctuations, you know, but, but, but one is not caught in that. Somebody's an old person, somebody's a young person. The love is the same. Mm-hmm. The, love, the love doesn't change. Maybe the, the duty is different. Yes, no doubt. Duty may be different. Certain language may be different. Certain way of yeah. expressing. Yeah, yeah that's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, what ties into me is when you say, okay, uh, you know, in the religious thing, God is omnipresent. Well, and then you say, well, and then they say God is love. So yes. then love is omnipresent. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Right. I, I, I mean, I mean, there's, uh, now we can talk about these things, certainly, but but the fact is that when there is that, um, you know, that immersion in consciousness, immersion in awareness, why we are exploring this question this way is because we have a, we have a genuine desire, genuine wanting interest to evolve into this, you know, for, for the truth to shine. We have to make some effort. So we make an effort in this way. Effort is needed, no doubt. You know, nonetheless, when, when truth opens, flashes of truth come, just allow them to remain. You know, recognize how the ego, the me and its past conditioning closes it up. And now this is the next point now. Once we recognize how it closes, closes up or, or kind of obscures the truth, it cannot destroy truth. Truth cannot be destroyed. But it kind of, you, you can hide the truth, yes. Once truth is hidden, recognize what is hiding the truth, and then, and then to recognize the, the force that is hiding that truth and to de-identify with it. I said, let it go. You know, don't let that come inside and, and cover it up. This, this, is, this is what awareness is all about. That's what meditation is all about. Meditation, meditative dialogue, religious prayer. You know, even when one is engaged in prayer to God, it is the genuineness of prayer that makes all the difference. It's not just the quantity or how much time is being spent. Even the thing with meditation that we do on Monday evenings with Dr. Chaitna, Dr. Berman on Wednesdays and all that, those meditations are what? It's the quality of the meditation. It's not necessarily the time. There's a great stillness in this, a natural steadiness. You'll notice something that in our conversation today, we did not much talk about how to make the mind still. If you notice right now in the present, notice what's mm-hmm. happening in your mind. Is, is there a stillness there? Is there a certain steadiness there? Yeah, ask yourself, look at it and see. No. And if there is, then that, that shows what meditative dialogue is all about. It, it, that by examining and probing through inquiry, as we have done together, the stillness, the steadiness, the truth that, that we have been looking for is always with us. I feel like the steadiness 
should be coming through. I don't know if it's the conditioning behind it that, you know, just gets in the way. Yes. It seems like it's something that that should be easy if you're going to work through any action with love and respect. Why shouldn't that be easier than causing struggles? See, see, when you say easy and struggle and all this, that means still the me is trying to get somewhere with it. If you just allow, just allow, if any of our conversation today from all of us, if any of it has resonated with you, that yes, this is like a flash of understanding, just stay with that. That's all you have to do. Just stay with that flash of understanding and allow, allow that flash of truth to just, it, it will expand by itself. You don't have to make it expand. As long as you stay with it, it will expand naturally. That's what Dr. Berman talks about, about the expansion of consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, it expands by itself. You don't have to make it expand. All that is needed is for that opening to occur. And then, and then, then the only thing else that is needed is for us to stay in that. And once we stay in that, automatically, it will all be, it becomes very clear. All of this thing about action and awareness and beauty and love, it all, it all at one time, it becomes clear. It, it, it comes, as long as we don't close up that, that open opening. It's like in a dark room, you know, a little window is cracked a little bit. Well, keep that crack open, you know? And, and, then, and then in time, you may want to open it further it, or it will open further. Let's assume for a moment that the window is going to open by itself. It will open. Don't, you don't do anything to, to that. Leave it, leave it open. Leave it alone. I think you're right, Debbie, in that, um, you know, when you can come at, you know, life or whatever is happening, if you can come from this place that we're talking about, it is easier. You know, because you're not fighting things anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In fact, that's a great point, Teresa. There's no need to fight because that's just waste energy. There's no need to fight with anybody about anything. You know, <laughs> it, 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 there's there's only there's only the allowing of truth and consciousness and clarity and love and God, if you want to say God, allowing God or Jesus or Krishna or whoever you believe, allowing the divine to be present. You know, and if we allow that, things uh, we are going to interact very smoothly with everybody. Because you are that beacon of light. And you know, we talked in the in the past too. I'm thinking about the thing that we talked about conditioning. So now my mind is going to like, you know, little children and how they look at things. Yes. And mm -hmm. I'm feeling as if, you know, maybe there's more um more awareness there yes. and then it's kind of conditioned out of us yes yes you know me me i i all that stuff and uh you know it's just how we've lived our lives and i think there's always been it, this is what i believe there's always been like those little openings there here and there you know but now we're getting to recognize them and know that you know what what uh, Sachin is saying about you know we can look for those openings and try to appreciate them and make them a part of us uh, or <laughs> I want to be careful how I'm saying this make this a part of us wait a second yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know what I mean make yeah, it yeah. a part of our awareness uh, know that it's there Teresa thank you so much for sharing you, you noticed Teresa just how you're saying how you caught yourself in the language you see <laughs> You know, it's a it's an interesting thing that happens with the language because we begin to change the language from inside. Mm -hmm. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the centered language begins to transform significantly. It's, it's it's a tremendous thing. It's a it's a tremendous thing. You know, I mean, this is the whole idea of angel wing that that when our core group of people that have been coming regularly to this in different ways, the more we continuously move in this direction systematically the better off the whole world is going to be. Not that we're in charge of making the world better. That's not the point. We, the more we resonate with, with truths of this type, not because of Sachin or because of Dr. Chaitan or because of anybody else, is because truth is just truth. 
it's not it's, it's expressing in different ways the more we are able to to resonate with that the, this entire life that we have is is is, uh, is just a I mean, it's a blessing. It's a, it's it's just a phenomenal type of living, fantastic living. I can't go wrong with it. And, and and the beauty of this, if you come back to the word beauty, this can be done in a religious way. It can be done in terms of one's profession. It can be done in the family. It, 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 this can express wherever you want it to express. It's like the electricity that is coming through your house. You can plug in anything you want. You can express it the way you want. No problem. But it's only the electricity that is expressing. Now, somebody might say, wait a minute, the fan is, doesn't look anything like my light bulb. Yeah, the fan is different from the light bulb in that sense. But the electricity is not different. It's, it's like that. So electricity, we're using that as, an, as energy. That's the power. That is God's power or the inner power or the soul's power or whatever you want to call it. That is that one power only. And, and that is expressing itself in multitude ways all the time in life. And it's only the same power that can express itself. It's not a different power. Trying to think of what other movie I was thinking about. But of course, when you talk about that, I think about, you know, the Star Wars. Here's yeah. the Force be with you. The Force be with you. But see, that's, that's an interesting, like Star Wars, they talk about the dark side of the Force. But, but the Force doesn't, Force is not dark or light or anything. It's just a raw energy. It, it has a light, it has a bright side, it has a dark side. It has a good side, it has a bad side, right? So that's about like raw energy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what they're, I think, trying to express there, that, that that same energy within us through anger and fear and greed, the same energy can expand the mind's power in a lot of negative ways. And if you see the Star Wars series, I was just watching that the other day, uh, uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, some part of, and they've done a tremendous job in explaining, you know, like how that Darth Vader became Darth Vader and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it, it's it's all it's all it's all one of those things that that there was a confusion from childhood because of attachments and whatnot, and then and then that weakness then uh, turned uh, in, in, into this anger and hatred and, and all that. This is there's a lot of psychology in that, tremendous amount of psychology. It's what happens in life, you know. So. Yeah, I, 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 but again, we can always say that awareness or consciousness or God is beyond the light and, the, the, you know, beyond the this polarity, the duality of the way the energy is used. Energy comes from the divine, let's say, from God. You can say that, you know, but God is beyond all of those dualities, beyond the good side and the bad side and all that, you know, so. God is transcendent to that. I mean, like in the first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, so that, so that means God is beyond time. Whatever God is, is beyond time. You know, time is a dimension that's been created. It's been evolved somehow. It's a metaphysical question. We are exactly at 8 p.m. Thank you. Thank you both for coming online. It was such a beautiful... I'm sorry for talking so much. I have a tendency to talk way too much. <laughs> Yeah, this this conversation needed in in my mind, you know, a lot of processing. <laughs> to, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, a lot to think. Of. Yes, I am uploading. I'm in the process of uploading all of our dialogues. So I, as soon as I catch up on it, it should be like by tomorrow. I'll have them all uploaded. So every dialogue is going to be in the podcast Angel Wing podcast channel. I'll send out a newsletter so you'll have that available, and we'll try to put the previous week's podcast in the newsletter. Also, so I'm, I have some stuff to do, uh, stuff to work on on that also, but I'll be doing all that. We have a fantastic. Any other comments? Anything else? Either you want to say, <laughs> Debbie? There's a halo behind your head. I can see a you know divine. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Look, if I do this, I could have one too. See, you have, you have a double halo. Yeah. Debbie has only one halo. So. <laughs> No, it's a it's it's a fantastic uh, um, conversation and very very powerful, uh, filled with a tremendous amount of interesting ideas. Uh, anything else either of you would like to share or explore further in this? No, no. Maybe anything in your mind? I think she's frozen. Maybe. <laughs> 
Uh, you were frozen there. You're breaking up, Deb, for me, anyway. <laughs> oh, I am? Yeah, you uh -huh. are. I am? And now I'm hearing you. I'm gone. You're frozen, but I can hear <laughs> you now. Yeah, you can hear me, but I'm frozen. Yeah. yeah. We can hear you now, yes. I just wanted to say if there's anything else you wanted to say. Yeah, not at the moment. All right, that's fine. Right, we'll I gotta look back and uh, you know, see what I can Okay, yeah, that's fine. No problem. All right, very good. So we'll pick it up tonight. Next, next time we'll stop here for today. Good to see both of you. And uh, tomorrow is Dr. Chaitanya's meditation session. So all right. Okay, all right. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.